Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Okay. Here we are talking about simplicity. Don't you love that? (laughs) Okay. So So, read that passage you just read before. Okay. So this is from our book, Love Without End by Glenda Green. And it's in the chapter called The Blessed Life. Hmm. Blessed are the simple in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you are simple in spirit, all will be given to you merely for the asking. You don't need to acquire a new dimensionality before passing on to an even more elite dimensionality. Love and simplicity are the only requirements of a fulfilled spiritual life. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to its desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. The reason is that there is but one spirit and it cannot be divided. You cannot say one thing has spirit and another has not. You cannot say that one person belongs to the spirit and another does not. Do not take anything from the spirit. Spirit is in all things, of all things, and with all things. Where spirit is concerned, there are no prerequisites and no hierarchies. The spirit is one. If you attempt to break it, the divided house will turn against you, the disruptor. Whenever you attempt to divide the spirit, you have granted it consent to collect its damages from you. Here it is. Accepting and honoring the one spirit from the simplicity of your own place in life is the key to heaven. Accept it where you are, as you are. Be yourself. Well, there's one great reason to be yourself. Interesting, isn't it? Be yourself. Accept your spirit. Accept, really, we're talking about accepting that happiness comes from simply accepting yourself where you are, how you are. Right. However you are. Where you are, as you are. Be yourself. So the key to heaven. I mean, it's the key so to much. heaven, which the is key to sort of like saying the key to happiness, right? And peace and love and joy and yeah. all things needing that you need that come to you, right? This right. heaven, heaven, heaven on earth is accepting and honoring. This is so. Let's break that down for a second. Is accepting and honoring the one spirit, which is interesting. So recognizing that it's all one, yeah. the one spirit that is in everything. From the simplicity of your own place in life. What, what an interesting phrase. The simplicity of your own place in life. Which is really nice because it's not saying you have to go somewhere. In fact, it's saying you don't go anywhere. Right. Exactly, yeah. And it's, it's, I keep having this image of you know the story where everybody's touching the elephant from a different place. Yeah, yeah. Describing the elephant. Um, (laughs) It's like, you know, like we're all in a different place. And I don't know why I keep going in my head to, you know, some of the other countries and other traditions and other religions where they seem to be so opposed to what we believe, you know, and, and... you know, like the Taliban or, you know, these, I don't know why I always think, and I always have to go back to, 
we're all one. We're all one. We're all experiencing spirit and it's one spirit. It's the same spirit in me that's in them, that's in people that I truly don't understand. Um, and I almost have to just say, when I get there, when I go there in my mind, well, I'm just, I'm just here to focus on my perspective of, of spirit and my perspective of God because that's all I have. I don't have their perspective. So I guess I'm just not... It's okay that I don't understand it. But it isn't for me to judge. It's for me to stay here in my spirit. Mm. Um, in, in my spiritual perception, I guess. In, 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 you know, who I am. And for you to go deeper, it's, it's just full permission... For you to be here now, exactly where, where you are planted, and not be pulled, say into poppy fields of Afghanistan, where you uh-huh. literally could not understand that life because you haven't lived it. You right? Yeah. You have no. And I'm so. I know this is sort of tangential, but I'm so grateful that I don't have to be in charge of governing this country where we make decisions for around the world because I don't feel qualified. You know, how, how qualified are we? Well, I'll be honest. And I just, I don't see how you can, whether it's politically or in business without a deep spiritual understanding or knowledge of this idea of one spirit, right? I guess I could see how some people can do that or do do that or do do that. But that stress that you are referencing here, I think can be alleviated knowing if, if a big decision comes to you, uh-huh. I think what this is saying is trust that you have been built up to then make that decision yeah. for the best of your ability. I mean, you, to your point, you've only touched this part of the elephant. Right. And, but I think there's really... The, the moral of that story is knowing that there are other people all around touching different parts of the element, elephant and that you're all right yeah. based on your reality, based on your position. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I feel like so many times I'm, I'm drawn to pray for, for people I don't know, hmm. for people that are just far away or... In, you know, in sort of broad senses, circumstances, and um, I just, my heart is just drawn to their tragedy or their difficulty, and, and I just want to pray for them, and um, so that sort of then compels me to look at the news and look at what's going on around the world, and, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't get it, you know? <laughs> And I hmm. have been doing this for a couple of years now where I'm kind of expanding my prayer life to surround the world mm. and not me and what I see, but kind of what's what I hear about and what's going on over there and other places. And I'm wondering how that jives with this lesson 
of that, you know, my perspective is just right here in this simple perspective that, you know, that I have of life. trying to say well it reminds me of two things one I, I heard about a woman who used to use the newspaper as her prayer uh-huh. list yeah. she'd just circle it and pray over it and uh-huh. and what a beautiful concept given that it is one spirit and that has come into your life and if you feel the need to your point you watch the news and I think it's very advanced or you know deep of you to then use that as part of your spiritual life to then pray for the bigger bigger world what what I keep coming back to in my own mind yeah is Jesus did not heal the world right even he who could in an instant right he did not and I I I'm floored by this why do you think he didn't? Why didn't he just But he healed us... anybody that came to him and said, I know you can heal me, heal me. Right. So why do you think he didn't just give us a whole reset? Like, all right, I'm going to heal everybody, the whole world. I'm going to give you all. But did he? Right? Well, is it free will? I mean, he might have because he existed and still to this day he's a, like, right. the concept is you can right. still even come to him and healing will be yours. Exactly. So he, he kind of did, but he didn't do it in the way that we would think healing the whole world would be. Or which, even, right, in the way that we're asking even now. Right. So, like, I feel like maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree here. <laughs> you know? It's like Pray, I'm praying up, up the wrong tree. <laughs> yeah, I'm praying up the wrong tree. I'm, I'm going to all like the specifics, like, okay, you be healed. Okay, you be healed. Ah. Which is what I would have thought. Which is such a childlike thing, thought, right? Mm. You know, that maybe there's a more mature, maybe there's a more wise way of healing the world. Um, if, if I would follow the example of Jesus, who didn't, he didn't sit there and go, Okay, all you Romans. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. You know? <laughs> or like, I know you hate me, but poof, no, you don't, right? <laughs> or, oh, you're, you're really sick. You are yeah. a leper. You're blind. Yeah. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can uh, fix yeah. that situation Let's for you. Let's fix it all. Let's go fix it. Yeah, he didn't. So what did he do? What did he do? He saved us from... He, so he took on the sins of the world, died for us, and gave us eternal life. He changed the whole pattern of how God blesses us. He changed the pattern that we no longer needed someone to intercede, that we are directly connected to God forever and ever and ever. Well, I, I just can't even compare to that. <laughs> okay, so that's not going to happen. Well, no, but, well, but actually, that's what you just said you can do. Well, how? Well, because you have a direct 
connection to, to God. God. And right. going back to what we so read, if I pray accept for where you are as you are. What if you actually fully accepted, you fully ac- accepted the blessing, accepted the, the wealth, but accepted the hardship, accepted the needs? What would... Yeah. <clears throat> Accept everything. Remember that old phrase, like, everything's a blessing? Everything is a blessing. Well, but here's... Yes, yes, and... Going back to Jesus. This is his, his example of healing. Mm-hmm. People came to him. Yeah. He did not impose it on other people. Right. People came to him said heal me or I've touched your hem I know it's done right and he goes yes but then he said now go and tell no one and why did he say tell no one why would he say that go and tell no one it makes no sense except if that maybe it was just that he was in the early stages of his ministry and he didn't want crowds to overwhelm him or something? I don't think it was a PR risk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it's more for that person and their healing. That is now your reality. It's not your job to broadcast it. It's your job to live it, accept it as you are. The simplicity of it. Because other people will come to him and their healing will be done. It, it, is it like the opposite of evangelicalism? <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't if it? That's a Which word. is broadcast everything. <clears throat> and that there's only this one solution. But this idea of the key to heaven, right? So that phrase, the key to heaven, which to our idea is this perfect realm. Right is accept and honor the one spirit from the simplicity of your own place. Accept and honor. So it really, he's telling that person by saying, tell no one. He's saying, just accept it and honor it, what I gave you. From where you are. I accept and honor that there is a, there is a huge value in just accepting and honoring what you've been given. Mm-hmm. Um, accept and honor. In other words, and he says, accept and honor the one spirit. It's the spirit. It's the one spirit of everything that allows the healing, the miracle, the growth. There is no hierarchy, right? So you don't need a congregation around you in order for the healing to happen. You don't need an elite education in order to make a difference in this world. You don't need those things. It's not, but you accept and you honor if that's your place in this world. Mm-hmm. But from one spirit, all of it, through the one spirit, it can all be done. Accept it where you are. Be yourself. It goes on with an example. A flea at peace with itself and in wonderment of eternity is more likely to see the face of God than a giant whose ravenous appetite seeks to acquire everything only for himself. 
It is not the size or importance which matters, but rather acceptance and simplicity. There is fulfillment in simplicity that will bring you great happiness. Uh, like this is her note then. Never once did he say, blessed are those who build elaborate structures of the mind or of the world to extol their own advantageous positions. <laughs> You know, instead, he emphasized that we are blessed in spirit. This is interesting. So the spirit, we, we receive our blessing as we affirm the love that we are and join with the love of our creator in a realm above human posturing. Yeah. I think we can pretty much describe all of human existence as the creation of structure and the creation of hierarchy and Right. And the creation of, you know, a graduation of importance, you know. Right. Everything we have has, you know, a graduation of importance. Like, a look at even the family structure. Right. You know, the traditional father, then mother, Mm -hmm. then child, you know. But if you think about, you know, the structure serves... The love, right? It gets really wonky, is the word I would use, when when structure comes first and then love. Yeah. That's when it gets really messed up. Structure is useful in that it helps organize people and places and things and efficiencies, but it must the love must come first. You have to have your heart lead and then your mind is its servant. Which is what the book talks about. And so you like using the family as an example. I, I loved learning this because I thought it was really not spoken about, but interesting. And that is, you can say you know, the parents have the lead and have the control, and then the kids have to follow the parents' leads. But you look at a little baby, and they're wailing, and guess who's running around at the baby's bidding? They're not using words. They're not using requests. I mean, they are just yelling <laughs> and yeah. you know you'll bend over backwards just to try to figure it out you're not well, going to reason with them led by love by love and and your love just i mean you can't I, I most people can't even take a wailing baby in a store that's not theirs you know mm-hmm. you just want to go and right and it's compelling right. a crying baby is the most compelling sound i think there is right and you just have to make that baby okay um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that is almost the very hmm. basis of our, the most, that's probably the most sim- simple example of love. Right. Is that response we have to a crying baby. It's just, right, any crying baby, and especially our own, but... And our biological, it, emotional, it's spiritual like, need. That goes, it, that just cuts beneath all structure and all everything. I mean, you can be the Queen of England and hear a crying baby and still have that same reaction as, as if you are, you know, just right any ordinary person, you know. There's nothing that, um, oh, how fun that that's the... That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Right, right. <laughs> the bottom and you think about power structures. If yeah. you're actually to think about who actually has the power in that situation, yeah. it's not the adult. Yeah. They can't 
say no. Yeah, <laughs> Stop. Right. Well, I often thought, I've often thought how when I had kids, when my kids were little, um, <laughs> like you, um, <clears throat> it didn't matter. Like when we would get together as mothers, it didn't matter what the socioeconomic status of the other women were. We were all completely identical mm-hmm. in our mother bond mm-hmm. because our, you know, our love of our children was exactly the same whether we were the person right. cleaning the house or we were the person owning the house or we were the person, you know, it didn't matter. You love your children. It's, it's, motherhood is such an equalizer. Well, see, and that's a wonderful example of what exactly what he's talking about. Be, accept it where you are as you are. Be yourself. And as a mother, you are the lo- you're being the love that you are. It, yeah. it, that is your you, primary. And it's so simple, and it's pretty fundamentary for your, your whole life right there. Right. That's, that's what you are. And you get it. Yeah. And on that level, you can relate to every other mother yeah. that you meet. Now, are, are you in different situations for sure? But then again, no. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. Those are all secondary. Yeah. But by you accepting... You know, if you were, I think about it, if you were to put conditions on on then being given the blessings of God, I'll put it, like here it says the key to heaven, right, which I'm using interchangeably here, then then that, would, that whole thing wouldn't work, right? If you, if you had to own the house in order to get the blessings of God or the key to heaven, mm-hmm. then... Right. Then so the, you, the blessings of God really are like the lilies in the field. They really, they, they belong to everyone always, you know, or, or more specifically, they or belong me. to you. If, they belong to you yes. no matter where you are in your life, whether you're up or down, whether you feel like you're, you know, in control of life or whether you feel like you're out of control of life, the blessings are freely given always in all circumstances, in all stages of life, in all... And, and that God, as spirit, is not separate from anything. You think, like, you, th- you used lilies of the field, but in my mind, automatically, I went, I went to breath. Mm-hmm. That basic, as human beings, if our bodies are working, we have the ability to breathe air, and that is, that is across the board available to everybody. Spirit is available to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're on the top of Everest or at the bottom of Everest, if you're in a cold, like you're everyone breathes everybody the breathes. Same. Everybody breathes the same air. Well, I mean, of course there's some differences, but everybody is born to breathe. Right. And the and the air as designed by God is available for you on this earth. But it you, the other conditions around that are what they are. But you know, spirit even means breath. Right. Like inspiration to take in breath. Yeah. And so when you come down to that bottom base, base simplicity, that's the simplicity of life. You stop and you breathe and you recognize God from where you are. And, and what, and how, in what ways do we unconsciously prevent ourselves from fully breathing? Oh, what a good question. 
which are you asking in what ways do we prevent ourselves from consciously accepting the full blessing of life from God? Yeah. And why do we do that? Why do we not all breathe fully? Yeah. There, therein lies the free will. <laughs> therein lies. Well, and maybe it, it is a complication of complexities and hierarchies that, you know, it takes work to get to the simplicity. Mm-hmm. It takes, in this world, it takes conscientious work. Yeah, it does. And also, on that level, it takes but it takes really free will to remember to breathe or to you, you'll always be doing it kind of like it spirit is always available but it takes you to actually pause to recognize it or to it, in delight in the breath and it yeah right it takes like a, a consciousness let me be conscious of breathing right fully but not only does it take a consciousness but it also takes you have to you have to release whatever mm-hmm. um, whatever things hold you back from fully so there's a there's two just like the heartbeat is <laughs> two sides you've got to you've got to let go of the things that you put in your way from fully experiencing the joy of life and it's so funny how human nature is that we put things in our way like you, that makes no sense. It makes no logical sense. Why would I put anything in my way of fully enjoying life? Right. Of taking a deep breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we well, good? and I would even say too, if you take, it's not. I don't even know if it, you know you're expanding the metaphor into real life. What I know about breathing is when we're fearful we take shallow breaths right and and our we have a physical response fight or flight you know survival and we don't go into the deep diaphragmic breath and and that also this was interesting and that also then kind of creates a cycle because you're not relaxed enough because you didn't breathe deep enough to then get past it so I, I watched this unbelievably great documentary. Um, I think it's called The Momentum Generation, and it's about Kelly Slater and that group of surfers that came to dominate the world, <laughs> the world scene. And it what's so I, I'm always really fascinated by groups of people, kind of like um, Hemingway and Picasso, and like in the 1920s in Paris, right? These these little groups of people that come that actually change. Their industry. Oh, changed culture. Exactly. And, and I always wonder, like, do they know they're living that at that time? Do they know what perfection is happening? But, but that they use the group to develop their skill and really become the best at what they're doing. And, oh, it's just so amazing to me. And so this documentary about these surfers is exactly that. I mean, there's about 10 of them and how life put them together 
so that they live together at the best surfing location in the world, uh, Pipeline in Hawaii, like just boom. But this one person came in who was two or three years older than the rest of them, who was pretty much on the pro scene, but for some reasons couldn't go. And that was the guy who taught them a few things about riding the big waves. They were at this level where they would sit there on the porch and watch them. And they all knew they were scared. They just, down to their bones, they were totally, these are very good surfers, but still those waves, that's, that's next level stuff. I'm not ready. So they'd sit and watch, but this guy came in and was like, what are you doing? And, and essentially was like, you have to, I dare you, you, you got to go, you got to go do it. But he taught them, this was the coolest part of probably the whole movie, that what looked like craziness to them, because he would, a, a big wave would be about to crash right on top of him, and he would laugh hysterically, or a wave would crash right before it, laugh hysterically. And what they said was, by laughing in the moment when you're fearful, you take deeper breaths, you have more oxygen in your body, you're thinking clearer, you actually survive. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome? That's it was awesome. It's life-changing, but you have to, you have, so they, point blank, they said they, he taught us to laugh in the face of fear. Literally. Literally, for survival. That that was, that's the pathway to then be able to survive a big wave. To laugh. Wow, right? Wow. Wow, let's take that into our lives today. Yeah. Let's laugh at our biggest fear. Right. Let's laugh. And, and bring that oxygen down. <laughs> you know, let the, the body heal through that, that deep breath and also help us survive whatever might crash. <laughs> Healing through laughter. Right. I truly believe in that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? So how would they make themselves laugh? I, I mean, you can just make yourself laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. That, that is the borderline of like people then think you're a bit crazy, right? Yeah. Like I've done laughing yoga classes. And as Drew said when he came to one, he was like, it's like being in an insane asylum. Because people are just laughing. You're not spurred on it. But the one yoga technique on, in laughing yoga, I remember, is that if you set a timer for two minutes and just laugh. At first it feels fake, but without fail, by the end of that two minutes, you're cackling because you're actually laughing. And I've done that when I'm about to feel sick. Like I, you know, when you feel a little cold coming on, I'll set a timer and just laugh for two minutes. And I don't, it, it works wonders. I really? usually feel great afterwards. Really? Yeah. And the whole cold doesn't seize my body. That's but I forget to do that, so I have to and remember. you know, I never heard of laughing yoga. Yeah. That's very interesting. There is such yeah. a thing as laughing yoga. Yeah. Well, that's just... There we go. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, let's just laugh today. Okay. And, ex you know, and maybe, I think... Let's just actually know, literally laugh <laughs> right. And you think about... I think about comedians and what's actually funny, like a Jerry Seinfeld who 
they point out the obvious, yeah. right? Right. And it's an acceptance of that thing, which is what he's talking about. If you accept where you are as you are, then there is some humor in that. There is this, yes. this deep release of freedom, and it feels like a, taking a deep breath. You but know, it's funny. And there's something about laughing about yourself. Yeah. Like having that ability to laugh at yourself and to yeah. laugh at the exact circumstance you find yourself in, you know, moment to moment. That, that is oh, just I love that. so healing, I think. And it's freeing. And it's freeing from yeah. the structures, which it, is what he's talking free, about. And it's free. It frees you. It breaks all those, those strings that tie you into thinking you're supposed to be somewhere else. If you can just be where you right. are and laugh about <laughs> it, like, you know, right. find the humor in this. In, in what is right exactly here. as it is. Like, there's got to be some humor here. You I know? love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I think we've come full circle, Elizabeth. I there think you go. We, we've come to our, what we came to talk about comes in the end. I know, is, doesn't it? It, it always <laughs> it takes comes. Us a, it's like time we to come sort around it out. and around and around <laughs> and we're like, I don't know where this is going. But that's where it was going. It was going to laugh at yourself today. Just, yeah. just be aware of... Of wherever you are, be aware of it, and find something to laugh about, because right. there's something funny here, and that actual laughter—that is your healing. That is that is your brilliant. That is your gift, right? Uh, he, later, uh, other places in that book, he talks about laughter and how. Um, I, I will find. We'll have to find it another time. But, but this is great. Isn't this it? is a great message. I love it. I'm me going too. to laugh today. Me too. I'm going to laugh at me today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I love you. Thank you. Thank I you. you I hope you have a really great and funny day. Yes. You too. <laughs> have a funny day. <laughs>